the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. I am not Emily Anger, and I'm here in front of not Jim Anger. Uh, I am here with Eric Mitchell, who preached last Sunday. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, man. Uh, I'm doing all right. The, the, the word is out. I am not Jim Anger, and you are not Emily Anger. So I think this is actually the first podcast, Post-Sunday Blues, that has no Jim at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is. So... Uh, this interesting pioneering. Yep, yep. Well, breaking new ground here. Here we you, go. You heard it here first, uh, folks. So as uh, the house lights are going down and we're moving into stormy Mondays, uh, talk about the sermon here. And I know we're going through these practices of presence, but uh, why daily office and why not uh, one of the other ones? Yeah, that's a good question. You you stole a little bit of my thunder there, Scott, oh, because sorry. generally when people say why this sermon, I just say because Jim makes the preaching schedule. <laughs> so I just <laughs> preach what he tells me. No, yeah, so we're going through this series, Practices of Presence, six weeks of Lent. Uh, we have eight Practices of Presence. We're only doing six of them, so we're skipping two uh, just during this sermon series that we're covering in small groups or otherwise this year. Um, yeah, when I was looking at the different practices to do and looking at this Sunday, this was one I chose... To preach on, I did so. I did have some say in this one specifically between a couple of different ones. That Jim had some he wanted to preach on certain weeks. Uh, Derek Dalrymple, one of our elders, is going to be preaching on one. Uh, and so the ones that were left to pick from, this is just one that caught my eye. It's one that uh, I'm passionate about. One uh, that yeah, I was excited to preach on. Um, did a lot of work and thinking about it as I wrote the small group curriculum on it. Mm-hmm. So it's one that we've already talked about in small groups this year. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just like looking at the list and saying daily office. Yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do it. So, so you said, you know, when you're passionate about what makes you more passionate about this one than another one. Oh, it's like pitting, pitting my children against one another, Scott, (laughs) you with only one child. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I think Bible reading specifically the daily office being a combination of Bible reading and prayer. And I talked quite a bit about meditation, but um, yeah, Bible reading specifically just being something that I really love to do and enjoy. I uh, can be a little bit of a geek when it comes to different tools related to Bible reading. Spent a lot of time in uh, seminary and undergrad on hermeneutics, the art of interpretation. So I really love those things. So yeah, I just enjoy, enjoy reading my Bible personally and enjoy talking to other people about how to read their Bibles, helping people read their Bibles, giving people tools to learn how to read their Bibles. So yeah, it's just one that I... I think I enjoy one that I practice that I practice daily as opposed to some of the others that I don't practice daily. Um, and so, yeah, just, just one that I, one that I enjoy and am passionate about, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good. It, it definitely is important. I don't know if you've ever uh, hung out on Christian Reddit before. Uh, but <laughs> no, I've not. If, if you ever peruse Christian Reddit, uh, half of the posts are end times, uh, you know, reading the, the headlines and trying to interpret it there. And the other half is, uh, Help, I've committed the unforgivable sin, and I'm worried that I'm going to go to hell. So, oh boy, I feel like some uh, Bible reading would help. You are, 
You are solidifying my choice to not be on Christian Reddit right now. <laughs> if that's the it's, two halves. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to say the least. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, so Bible reading is important to have a, a good idea of what's uh, what's going on in Scripture there. So um, jumping into uh, Sun Studios and entering the presence of the Lord, uh, Psalm one. Why this Psalm? Yeah, so again, just thinking about daily office, thinking about uh, different passages related to the daily office. This is a classic one um, where it talks about meditation. It talks about, you know, a person, the righteous, the psalmist says, uh, one who meditates on the law of the Lord, one who practices Bible reading, so to speak, and just what that looks like and the results of that, the fruit of that. I love uh, I love that image of the tree and the chaff. Um, in some ways, it was kind of an easy softball of a passage to use for this, um, but it's a passage, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to save a trivia question, Scott. Heads oh, up okay. for uh, for the end for guitar slim pickings. So I won't give away the answer to that. But it's it's a song we've preached on before, uh, but it's been a while. So I thought it would be a good one uh, to dust off and bring back and, and chat about on Sunday morning. Now that from the last year that we preached on this particular psalm, there's quite a few new people at church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so first time for many of those folks to hear a sermon from us on it. So that was kind of why I picked it. Just passage that I love, passage that uh, as a church we revisited at different seasons, including a couple of men's retreats. I don't know if you were on any men's retreat where we talked about this passage. Those were maybe earlier days. I think those were earlier days. Probably when it was like the the trailer park maybe or or before that. Maybe one was the trailer park year. (laughs) We've had some interesting men's retreat locations over the years. We won't won't go there for now. Right, right. Um, So so with this passage, um, in your introduction, you kind of talked about how we're exposed to all of this media and it made me sort of think about the Represence Initiative and I know Jim and this podcast and other venues has talked about sort of trying to combat all of that extra yeah. uh, external you know, input that we're getting. Um, was that something you kind of thought about at the very beginning? Because where, where, I feel like that sort of kind of meshed in really well with the represence. Was that sort of at the beginning? Was that kind of just at the end, in the middle, sort of? Like where that idea came yeah, from? Where, yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that just kind of came through my studying of the passage and from a, def- a couple of different sources. I mentioned um, one, of the, one of the quotes that I mentioned was a Paul David Tripp quote. Uh, and uh, at 10th Presbyterian, he preached on this sermon, and so, or on this passage. I listened to that sermon, and he talked a little bit about that idea of influences, and I, I read that quote about how, you know, every day we're being counseled. And so mm-hmm. that really stuck with me as I was studying, preparing. And so I decided, I decided as I was beginning to put the sermon together that that would kind of be a structuring theme. Um, and even one, you know, like in conversations that Jim and I have with people in our church, um, conversations that I have with friends, family, other people, like it is striking to me and maybe even in the last couple of years uh, during COVID where people are more isolated and people are able to uh, maybe curate their voices in ways that they want. And you find a lot of people ending up in their echo chambers of, you know, only hearing the voices that they want to hear, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, it's just interesting to me and striking that, uh, yeah, what we consume, what we let come into our ears specifically, though our eyes obviously are part of that too. But these voices, these messages uh, are deeply uh, influencing, you know, and mm-hmm. we've seen. I've seen people at our church or again, people, um, friends or otherwise, uh, be influenced and you can see the direct correlation sometimes <laughs> yeah. between like, hey, I'm not surprised that that's like where you're leaning on this topic or this issue based on the fact that you only watch this or listen to these things or 
your Facebook feed looks that way or you follow these people on Instagram or whatever. And so there seems to be a direct correlation there. And I think one of the things I was really passionate about for this sermon and the reason that I sort of landed on that as a, uh, a thread, as a theme to try to weave through the sermon was that I just really wanted people to consider, hey, what like what are you ingesting? You know, mm-hmm. what are you what influences, what messages uh, are you taking in? Are you being critical of those? And if you're a follower of Jesus, and not every single person in our church on a Sunday morning is, but if you're a follower of Jesus, one of those voices better be the Bible. Right, <laughs> like, right. Uh, it has to be. Um, it ha- you know, one of the voices, if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, has to be the voice of God. So that was kind of one of the things that I was passionate about. So that trip sermon was influential. I really liked the way that he said that quote that I mentioned, and that kind of got my brain stirring, and that's kind of why I ended up in that direction. Yeah. You know, I loved it. And with this verse, um, you know, you talked about in verse one, like that sort of slow progression. Yeah. And I didn't even, you know, when you made the connection with Lot, that was something like, you know, I never even thought about with him before, like, and how he was moving closer and closer to Sodom. And then eventually, like, became like a respected leader or an elder of, yeah. of Sodom. Like, that's like, Bible just shows like, hey, like, here's an example of it if you want to see, you totally. know. Yeah. Pretty shocking when you think about that. Mm-hmm. And this nephew of Abraham, the patriarch of, of Israel, the patriarch of our faith. Um, yeah, that this nephew, and, and I think in him choosing, you know, if you look back at Genesis, the fact that he chose that plain that was towards Sodom had nothing to do with Sodom. It was because he saw the grass looked green. It looked like a nice spot, like for flocks right, and herds. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, that proximity and just starting to listen to those voices just let him down a path that ultimately, yeah, led him to sitting at the city gate, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so so that was that was a pretty cool uh, connection there. And I think, like, Proverbs, there's tons of stories about that, about, totally. like, yeah, yeah. avoiding uh, certain streets and alleys and, and certain ladies of the night, so to speak. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, yeah. that is very true. I'm reading through Proverbs right now in my Bible reading plan. So yeah. just read those, uh, those chapters maybe last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, thinking about this here, you had the, you know, your, the key, the goal and the benefit. um, anything on those three things you want to unpack a little bit more, talk Mm. about more about? Not a ton. Um, yeah, like those just felt like three important points. Um, you know, the key of meditation is, you know, is found right there in the Psalm. Mm -hmm. The benefit, you know, drawing from the metaphor of the tree versus the chaff, that idea of stability, resilience, kind of comes right from the psalm. The goal is a little bit of, of external to the psalm, mm-hmm. but it was one that as I think about the practice of the daily office, I wanted to squeeze in there. It was a little bit, I would say it was a challenge to squeeze in there. I mean, you just create another point and then you just right. shove it in. But, uh, so it wasn't necessarily <laughs> difficult, maybe not artful. Um, so maybe it was difficult in that way. but. I feel like an important point. It's one of those things where, um, you know, I wanted to address in this sermon, not only people that were newer to Bible reading and prayer, people that were newer to this concept of the daily office, but also people maybe who have been doing it for a while. Maybe there's many of us in, in our congregation that have grown up in church settings or grown up in Christian households. Maybe they've been reading their Bible since they were kids or since they were in college or, some, or whatever, young adults. Um, and, and those practices can become kind of stale. And in some ways, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to read the Bible, but you forget why. Like, why mm-hmm. am I doing this? What's the goal? What's the purpose? Is it just to check the box? Is it just to um, learn things? Is it mm-hmm. just intellectual? Um, I doubt very many people think that consciously, but I think it can be easy to slip into that. So part of my idea, too, is by sticking the goal in there, sticking that idea of communion, of relationship, of intimacy with Christ being the, the purpose, the telos, 
uh, of the daily office was something I thought was really important just to remind us like, oh yeah, this isn't an end in itself. Mm-hmm. Bible reading, even prayer, meditation, these kind of sub-disciplines of daily office, they're not ends in of themselves, but they, they serve an ultimate end, which is, yeah, relationship with our creator and redeemer. Yeah, perfect. Um, with, uh, so to, to get a little bit more practical with the daily office, um, for you, you, you mentioned read, meditate, pray, and sort of that kind of order. Um, yeah. What does that sort of look like in your daily Bible reading and yeah. your daily office? Great question. I, I don't think I said this on a Sunday morning. I think this might have been uh, in our home meeting that I said this. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, if they remember me saying this, maybe in a more public setting than, than in the home meeting. But uh, I tend to be someone who uh, gets bored occasionally with my own practice of the daily office. And so as the years go on, I tend to uh, change and mix it up from time to time. Jim is someone, he would tell you if he was sitting here, I think he's done the same Bible reading plan for like decades and just keeps crushing it year after year <laughs> after year. And that's just how, that just works for him, which is actually kind of funny because I, you know, as one who is like pretty structured and ordered, uh, I actually, uh, when it comes to my Bible reading and stuff, I mix it up quite a bit. So anyway, so to answer your question, I've done lots of things over the years. My current practice which I am really enjoying, which is a little bit of a challenge and a little bit of a different thing, uh, is I'm actually using the daily offices from the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. Um, so the Anglican Church North America came out with an update to the Book of Common Prayer, which was created originally by the Episcopal Church, and oh, then obviously going back further mm-hmm. than that, all the way back to England. But um, when they updated it in 2018, which I didn't really realize, but as I was, I had stumbled across that, uh, last year and I thought, oh, that'd be really neat. I'd love to take a peek at that. And so I bought one and, um, it's interesting the way that they kind of went back and the Bible reading structure in the book of common prayer, this Anglican update, uh, covers more scripture than the Episcopal one, which Mm -hmm. I kind of almost trimmed down too much. The pendulum maybe had swung too far, um, but still spaces it out in a really nice way. Um, and then again, as you go through, uh, the morning, uh, daily office or the evening daily office, there are some some structured prayers and some structured pieces that are in there uh, that direct you to, to, you know, to pray certain prayers or to pray extemporaneous prayers. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is a part of it. Apostles' Creed is a part of it. Um, uh, confession of Sin is a part of it. That's how you start each, each, each morning. So that's what I've been doing this calendar year. So I started that Christmas break kind of right before the New Year's. Um, so that's what I'm doing currently. Uh, it takes, in terms of the Bible reading part, the um, the, the plan that's in the back of it takes you through uh, all of Psalms every 60 days, which is kind of nice. So you okay. go through Psalms uh, multiple times a year, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then it goes through the rest of the Bible in a two-year cycle, the way that I'm choosing to do it a little bit slower rather than faster. So it feels like a really nice rhythm. It doesn't take too long to do the reading, so hopefully it does allow some time uh, for meditation, though I will be honest and be, be the first to say that I don't always carve out the time <laughs> for meditation. Um, you know, folks who go to our church will know that my wife and I, we have a three and a half year old and a nine month old. Scott, you have a baby as well. <laughs> yep. um, and, and with Madison and Olivia, my current uh, time that is when the house is quiet, I have the ability to do it. It's before anybody else wakes up. So it's like kind of between six and seven a.m. Um, you know, so if I make it downstairs and get the coffee pot going at 615, theoretically, that leaves me 40 or 45 minutes. Uh, which is enough time. But if I get down there a little bit late, Olivia wakes up a little bit early, you know, sometimes it gets cut a little bit short and the meditation doesn't always happen. But that's kind of my current practice. 
um, is like one morning daily office uh, using the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. And yeah, I've really been enjoying it this year so far. Nice, nice. Yeah. So um, for me, I've been, uh, I don't know if it has a name. I've just been calling it like praying the Bible. So like as I'm reading and like things are sort of speaking to me, there like i'll just sort of pray like those things whether it's usually like a lot of praise um it's a little bit harder like in the narrative points and like the you know begetting uh points of the bible but um (laughs) when that just came up i'm in uh, first and second samuel right now and uh well samuel or well david's being chased all around um israel there's just like one not throwaway verse but just kind of like and and god protected david like as Mm. he was walking around it was like oh yeah like God is sovereign. God is like he made this promise to David. He's making sure that David is is protected. And so like, okay, pray through that like a little totally. bit, like you know. And I don't do it all the time. Sometimes like I kind of have to stretch with some passages. Sure. Like, yeah. Totally. Okay. Okay. God, like, what are you telling me about like you know this guy uh, walking around for like thirty days? Like, but you know, sometimes yeah. it's harder. Yeah, and that's where that meditation. I think when you are able when a when a passage. You know, whether it's a longer passage or a single verse or a single clause, you know, mm-hmm. single part of a verse uh, or a sentence pops out at you that you, if you can sit back in your chair on your couch or in your car seat or wherever you're doing it and just think about that for a couple of minutes and then let that sort of naturally flow into a prayer. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the daily office really comes alive. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen every morning right. or, you know, every afternoon or whenever folks do it before bed. But the days when that does happen is really beautiful. That's right. That's right. That meditation piece is so mm-hmm. is so powerful. I think and, and really unlocks scripture and can unlock our prayer life. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, anything else before the waters get a little muddied? I think that's it for Sun Studios. Yeah. That progression of verse one. I definitely wanted to talk about uh, the image of the tree. I mean, we'll you know we can keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's much to unnecessarily unpack there, but but that's definitely kind of the, the central figure to this uh, Bible passage, the, the central image that sort of captures your attention, which I think, I just think is such a great image um, in verses three and four. But yeah. Yeah, and, I, and the fact that Jesus like basically brings up almost the exact same analogy with the, you know, building the house on the rock versus the sand. Yeah. So kind of cements that like, hey, Jesus is talking about this. Maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah. Always good uh, in an Old Testament sermon to try to uh, buffer your, or not buffer, that's a buffet. Is that the right word? To to strengthen your argument with uh, the words of Jesus always helps. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And and again, that was even one of the reasons too, without me saying this explicitly in the sermon, but hopefully it was clear. One of the reasons that I landed on resilience being kind of the central thing there rather than fruitfulness or something else that I could have picked um, was those words of Jesus, which as he talks about the rock and the waves and the wind beating and one house stands and one house falls. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Resilience, stability, that's that's it. So yeah, mm-hmm. Matthew uh, 7. Thought it was a perfect tie-in. Um, so with, the, with mudding the waters, anything that was difficult with this passage, anything that sort of uh, kind of stumped you or gave you a writer's block? You know, the, probably the hardest thing with this passage or, or, or with constructing this sermon was, and this is unusual for me for sermon writing, but was the fact that I had too much stuff. Uh. And the reason for that, again, is because I spent, you know, several weeks reading, studying, preparing, writing our curriculum for our home meetings. This, mm-hmm. And we did the daily office first. This would have been back in the fall, like October. Yeah, and we did this uh, psalm. And we did this psalm. Mm-hmm. So I had already done some thinking on this psalm then. 
It was one of the three passages that we that we looked at, but then also just all the other reading, quotes, other potential passages. Like I had done a lot of that work back in October, and so I pulled out those notes mm-hmm. as I was preparing for this. Um, you know, pulled out that deep dive handout that we hand, hand out mm-hmm. on the second lesson of each practice in the home meetings, and was kind of combing through all that and thought, oh wow, like I have more research than I typically have when I prepare for a sermon before I've even started preparing. Right. So part of the part of the problem and probably the most difficult thing was just trying to trim and trying to narrow. Um, you know, and I think because I landed on this passage um, and because I ended up talking a lot about meditation, probably the, the, the one downer is that prayer kind of got pushed a little bit out of the, the out of the sermon, mm-hmm. uh, which is an essential component to the daily office. It's about right. Bible reading and prayer. <laughs> Um, and I tried to, to continue to bring prayer up a little by little. We've even talked about it here already, how meditation can flow into prayer, unlock prayer. Um, but we didn't, I didn't get into a whole lot of prayer things. You know, could have gone to words of Jesus about prayer. There's plenty of Old Testament stuff about prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of had to get pushed out because there just isn't room in one like 30-minute sermon right. to really deep dive on Bible reading, to deep dive on meditation, to deep dive on prayer and all the sub things of that. So that was probably the, mo- the hardest thing, which is trying to trim, trying to cut, and ultimately... Um, prayer as kind of the sub-discipline of daily office kind of mostly had to hit the cutting room floor, mm-hmm. which it's just the, the limitations of a sermon, I guess. Uh, I, I, like even just, you know, hearing you talk about that right now, I feel like that's three separate sermons right there. Absolutely. Like one on Bible reading, one on meditation, yeah. one on prayer. So Yeah, you could do a whole sermon series on daily office, oh, yeah, let alone yeah. one sermon. Yeah, totally. so I give you mad props for uh, not you know, doing an hour or an hour and a half long sermon. <laughs> yeah, well, there was multiple reasons for that. One, since Jim was gone this past week and I was there by myself, and then we also had that parenting panel afterwards. Yes, so yeah. I didn't want to preach an hour sermon and make everything push the whole Sunday 20 minutes longer or whatever. So, yeah, right. I tried to keep it tight on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, for multiple reasons. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, it's still very good. Uh, I did Thanks, appreciate bud. it. So especially... Uh, at the end, when you asked the, the question, like, what's in your thought bu- bubble? Yeah. Uh, that was one of those points where I was like, oh, it, the conviction is hitting. Would you please stop? You know, sort of moments. Uh, yeah. As, as I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, like a comic book or a car or a, uh, yeah, like not a comic book reader. I mean, I used to like read cartoons or whatever as a mm-hmm. kid, Sunday, Sunday paper, you know, which we don't get anymore. Right. Uh, but yeah, I like comic strips or whatever, <laughs> but was never like a, a, a comic book reader. Mm-hmm. But I know Jim is. And I know there are several people in our church that are. So that, uh, in some ways, that was a little bit of me trying to channel Jim. Like, uh, not that he would have said it in the same way, but um, but yeah, I was kind of envisioning a comic book character, you know, and, and that kind of thought bubble or speech bubble and and the idea that like, yeah, there's there's only limited real estate. Like, you can't right. put infinite number of words oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. thought bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you put bring things in, things would have to be pushed out. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah so, so question for Jim uh, for next week. Uh, were you reading a comic book uh, in Oklahoma uh, while you were listening to this? So. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay, we'll did, see. Did, did you bring one? So Howlin' Wolf, don't, don't, uh, don't drop the question here. Um, <laughs> Any other, uh, anything that was, so we talked about this a little bit, but anything fun with the sermon construction that, you know, on the opposite side of the difficult end mm, of the swimming anything pool? Anything fun? Not really. I mean, yeah, not really. Um, hmm. Fun, 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 fun. No, not really. Again, it was one of those sermons, and again, this isn't always true of me, but it came together pretty easily with those three points. Um, I collapsed, uh... Like I talked about slowing down uh, was kind of a sub point mm-hmm. of one of the points. 
Um, I originally had that as like a, its own separate point, but decided to, to ax that because four points sounded like too many, so I only went with three. But no, not really anything that was like super fun or entertaining or clever. It was mm-hmm. a pretty straightforward sermon, which again is kind of my style. It wasn't the most artful sermon I've ever preached. It was just kind of straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing nothing sticks out as overwhelmingly fun or exciting. Okay. <laughs> uh, one, one thing I thought was... was interesting was your uh, at the end when you're talking about the benefits and you're talking about the difference between the righteous and the wicked oh, and yeah. this again goes back to that um, you know the, the resilience piece mm-hmm. um, about the circumstances you know and how they handle it not the fact that they have circumstances and totally yeah I thought that was a, a sort of a, a good sort of bringing it back into it and, and why we should be grounded in the scriptures yeah exactly no I'm glad you brought that up I didn't actually write that down in my little notes here for um, for the podcast but yeah, no, I think that's really important. It can be easy to look at that passage um, and draw the wrong conclusion that mm-hmm. like, oh, someone who reads scripture is not going to have any problems in life and that someone who doesn't read scripture, doesn't meditate on scripture, they're going to have all the problems. Right. Um, and so it's like a wisdom literature problem in, mm-hmm. in the scriptures. Um, you know, if you look at Psalms and Proverbs, there are plenty of places where it seems to suggest that um, the righteous, you know, will have these great lives and live long and, and never have any issues in the wicked, so to speak, the opposite. Um, but then in other wisdom literature, including the Psalms, <laughs> but especially Ecclesiastes or others, there's, there can be these passages where it's like, hey, the wicked seem to be prospering and doing awesome. Right. Uh, and here the righteous, uh, uh, their lives are terrible. Like what is going on? And so there's a balancing factor there. You have to kind of interpret uh, each side of that coin and make sure you draw those things in together and realize that you know, no single psalm or no single line of proverb mm-hmm. uh, verse is going to be able to tell the whole story. Um, yeah, so I thought that was important. And again, I think the the Matthew 7 passage, uh, going back to that with the words of Jesus, like both houses experience the same storm. Right. right. Um, so that, that was kind of an easy way to tie that together. Um, but yeah, but I think it's important to, to remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're all going to experience those difficult circumstances. We're all going to experience... Um, yeah, those, those hard things in life. Um, yeah, 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 so we need to be rooted, need to be grounded. Yeah, we need to, to remember. Oh, I'm not sure if you were, because we're about the same age, and if uh, you remembered the 90s WWJD bracelets. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely. not sure if you wore one. Oh, definitely, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I was a good Baptist kid. I definitely wore one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so definitely uh, that that's, should be our mindset. So, yeah. What would Jesus do? He would do his daily office. Yes, Jesus would do. And, and I mean, we see in the, the New Testament, he does. Like, he'll go totally. praying all night. Totally. You know, and uh, the, the apostles are falling asleep while he's praying, and he'll, you know, leave in the night and then come back first thing in the morning. And it's just like, man, that prayer life. Definitely. And even, you know, you even look at something like the temptation in the wilderness, um, mm. you know, at the beginning of John's gospel, like he's quoting scripture, like he was someone who was immersed in scripture too, you know, um, and, and knew the things of scripture. I mean, yeah, it helps when you help write scripture as well, right, yeah. to know scripture, but, um, but yeah, but for Jesus from the human side, like was someone who ingested the scriptures, memorized the scriptures. Yeah. And you see plenty of places mm-hmm. where he's withdrawing and going off by himself to pray. And yeah, and I think all these practices, we tried to pick practices because there are more spiritual disciplines than the eight that we chose for mm-hmm. the Represence Initiative. Um, but we tried to pick ones specifically that were all ones that Jesus modeled in the New Testament, like pretty obviously. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, unless there's any more waters that need to be muddied, uh, we can sort of listen to some uh, bar band cover tunes. Yeah, let's do it. We can, yeah. we can go there. Yeah, so uh, you know, we already mentioned Paul Tripp. Um, you have some uh, Puritans here, Tom Watson and Tom uh, Manton. Um, and I think with uh, Puritans, I think it was a law that the Puritans had to be named either John or Tom. Apparently. Um, that, that was sort of the, the thing. Um, I'm a historian of, of early America, so you can just trust me on that. Don't need to look it up or research it. I, I believe you, especially when I picked my two favorite quotes and they both happen to be that guy named Tom. I was like, right. that's a little strange, but we're just going to roll with it. Like, you know, you can't help it sometimes. Yeah, I think both of those passages, or both of those quotes probably came from just different spiritual disciplines books mm -hmm. that I had read in preparation for the home meeting thing. So like um, like Donald Whitney, uh, his book on spiritual disciplines I've been using quite a bit, uh, Richard Foster, uh, Dallas Willard uh, are a couple of the main ones. So probably both of those quotes came from those resources, so I'd have to go back and dig to, to remember that. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, a couple of Puritans never hurts. Yeah, It's always nice when you get one quote in there that uses you know words like, Feedeth, yes, and half, <laughs> right, and some of those old old words like that. So that mm -hmm. was fun. Yeah, no, no, I, I thought that was great. Uh, and you mentioned Donald Whitney, uh, Tom Blanchard, which I think was at the the at the beginning of it in your uh, sort of well, that reflections. Was the, that was, yeah, it was in there. It was a reflections quote in the beginning of the sermon folder. It was what I closed with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of a longer quote, but a good one. He's a more modern, uh, though he recently passed. Um, interestingly, if you if you Google like John Blanchard, he is certainly not the only John Blanchard ever that has been a pastor or preacher. There are multiple uh, currently. Really? Uh, yeah, including one who had a scandal fairly recently. Oh, okay. So. Uh, so people can deep dive on that yeah. if they want. But I, I intentionally said Dr. John Blanchard okay. so that people would be like, who was that guy that Eric quoted? And they'd be like, oh, wait, this guy's like facing criminal charges. Yeah, so, um, make so not sure that guy, different guy. Google uh, responsibly as you search for uh, for him. Yeah, so that, he's a little bit more modern. And again, I think that also came either from the Whitney book or the Foster book or, or one of those. But such a great quote just to, to ram home the point that like, hey man, we need scripture every day in our lives because we encounter situations where we need it mm -hmm. every day. Yep. You know? yep. So we need to be filling that thought bubble every day. So. Yep. Uh, I liked that quote for sure. And then uh, good old uh, Pete Scazzaro. Pete Scazzaro. Uh, yeah, the emotionally healthy spirituality. Uh, a pretty good book. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. When I read it. Yeah, it's good. Pastor in New York, the other pastor in New York outside of Tim Keller. <laughs> there's more than one. Yeah, there's just two though. <laughs> just two. Um, yeah, Pete Scazzaro. Um, yeah, so emotionally healthy spirituality. Yeah, like I said in the sermon, one of our favorite books here at Liberty Church Collinswood as well. Um, and in that book, when he talks about, he has a chapter in there about when he's talking about the different pathways for men and women to pursue spirituality that is emotionally healthy. He mentions only two spiritual disciplines. Do you, do you remember what they were? The two that he mentions? Daily office is one. Do you remember what the other one was? I, I do not. It's been a, it's been a too long. That's right. that, was, that was a pre pandemic book that I read. Yeah. Everything's wiped out since then. <laughs> yeah. Sabbath. So okay. the only two that he mentions are daily office and Sabbath because they're both radical in different ways and they both force us to stop and slow down mm -hmm. which is kind of his whole his whole jam so uh yeah so i pulled a quote uh from from part of that chapter where Scazzaro talks about daily office and he has some great stuff to say there yeah. um yeah. yeah i think that was it i think that was all the yeah so i, I do have a question with your with your quotes because before on this podcast and i think elsewhere uh -oh. you've talked about um wanting to always quote either a dutch theologian or one of the rca standards yeah it didn't happen did, 
Okay, but I mean, you got a Puritan in there, which reformed, so we'll we'll, we'll take the win. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. But yeah, as I was um, prepping for the podcast and going through, I was like, and this uh, and this one of these names is uh, you know a, a hidden Dutch, you know maybe a hidden <laughs> hidden Dutch middle name in there or something like that. Like, yeah, none of these really sound uh, Dutchy. It probably wouldn't have been that hard to uh, to, to dust off Calvin or Bavink or somebody oh, yeah, and yeah. find find one of those. Um, but again, like one of the difficulties of the sermon was I already had so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going and looking for new quotes was A, unnecessary, and B, would have just made my life harder. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I, I missed out. Uh, so I failed in that way. With, uh, we'll give you a mulligan. Yeah, thanks, man. This time. Thanks. I didn't, I didn't quote any Nashville-based singer-songwriters either. So it was, a, it was two strikes two on strikes. those two things. Uh, but um, so, Sorry if I, this is a calling out moment for you. No, it's okay. I don't struggle with shame at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a joke. Yeah. Definitely a joke. So with, uh, with that... Um, with guitar some pickings, uh, you, you've mentioned already that there was a lot on the cutting room floor. Anything uh, kind of uh, highlighted for, for what's on the cutting room? Oh, man. Gosh, what could I even mention that I cut? Like I said, prayer, just like so much that it could be said about prayer. Um, yeah, just, just, just had to be cut. And I did preach on prayer fairly recently. I think it was, it was, before, it was before COVID, but, um, but preached on like Jesus's words with, about prayer and... Uh, and the Lord's Prayer, so that was like fairly fresh in my mind. Um, so if you want to hear a sermon of mine about prayer, you can go find that in the <laughs> archives. Um, or you actually, I don't know if it's on the website. It's too old for the website, I guess. You have to you have to email me for it. I'm happy to just pass it along. Um, yeah. So prayer was probably the main thing. I'm trying to think of what else I might have cut. Um, <laughs> I think the only, the probably the only thing that I didn't. That, that I did, oh gosh, what was it that I cut? I, I know there's something that I cut like late in the week for sake of time. I can't remember what it is. Maybe if I remember it, I'll like send an email to postsundayblues at gmail.com. So <laughs> right. maybe Jim can read it next week. I can't remember. I don't, yeah, I can't remember what it was at the moment. But yeah, that's it. I do have that trivia question yes. for you though. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. So don't look at my paper. Uh, we're sharing a microphone here uh, today, so we're, we're real close. We're very close, very intimate. So don't look at my don't look at my notes. Okay, I'm looking away. All right. So Jim, because because on this page that Jim has his script for this podcast, it says trivia, and I don't think anybody's ever tried, ever actually had trivia during <laughs> this segment. So I figured I would do one. So here it is. Okay. Scott Floven, elder at Liberty Church Collinswood. How many times have we preached on this passage in the history of Liberty Church Collinswood? Okay. Ooh, that's a toughie. So uh, I can only speak to um, post-2017 <laughs> because I was not here before then. Uh, so I know you, you already mentioned one other time before. So if I were a betting man, I, I would say... My gut's saying four or five. Do you want to pick one of those? Uh, ooh, that, that makes me think it's one of those. It is. Four. It is four. Boom. Oh, my goodness. Boom. First trivia question <laughs> in the history of the post-Sunday Blues. Scott got it. Yeah. yeah, four four times. But the last one was in 2016. So, so before before my time. So, there, so we preached on it three times in three years, more or less, because wow. we launched in 2013. Uh, but we preached on it in 20, Jim preached on it in 20, I forget, either 2013, 2014. I preached on it in 2015. 
the Sunday after Christmas, December 27th, 2015. Ain't nobody heard that sermon. Nobody, <laughs> nobody there back in those days. The Sunday right after Christmas, probably eight people in the room. Uh, and then Ryan Sweet, who's the associate pastor at Addisville Reformed Church in Richboro, PA, preached on it the summer of 2016. That was the last time it had been preached on. So this was the fourth time okay. uh, that we preached on it. But it had been since 2016, which kind of surprised me because, yeah. again, it was a, a passage that we used to hit on pretty frequently. <laughs> so I was surprised it had been so long since we had touched on it last. So it felt good to, to bring it up. But, yeah, fourth time, probably the, possibly the most preached passage in Liberty Collingswood history yeah. up to this point. I know there's some other repeats, especially of Psalms, but maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to do some digging there. But Yeah, so uh, if we want to keep the pattern alive, the next three years we need to preach on it, and then a six-year hiatus. And, and then a then, big gap again, yeah. totally. Yeah. I'll just, you know. I have I have helped Jim, so here's some like behind the scenes. Before I moved here, Jim never mapped out a sermon series in advance, ever. <laughs> so he would preach one week, I feel comfortable telling you all this because I know Jim is not going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) So Jim would preach one week and then he would just come up with his sermon scripture for the next week after he had preached because usually it was just him preaching. So a sermon series, you know, if he had preached on like Colossians 2, 1 to 4 or whatever, Mm -hmm. then he would sit down on Tuesday the next week and just be like, okay, I'll start at 5 and go to what? And he'd just kind of make it up as he went. Um week after week and if somebody guest preached they would just preach a random passage because he wouldn't know what to tell him <laughs> to preach on because he didn't have it mapped out right. so after I moved here in 2014 uh, that immediately changed so I started to push him to map out sermon series well in advance uh, so Jim has gotten much better in the last eight years uh, with mapping out sermon series in advance uh, but we are not at the point where we're mapping out six years in advance Scott right. so, so it would be tough to, to try to create the same rhythm okay. with Psalm 1 in the future but we'll we'll consider it yeah okay uh, I, I'm, I'm glad my voice is heard and a consideration will be made <laughs> yeah. so uh, with that uh, no Helen Wolves this week we didn't uh, receive anything from Jim though I know at least one Helen Wolf emailed last week so uh, I expect to hear, even though I just found out Jim is probably not going to be listening to this sermon. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that Hell Wolf gets a, gets a shout out. But if you do have a question, comment, or a story you'd like to share, that is the postsundayblues at gmail.com or postsundayblues at gmail.com. Uh, I, I hope I did that correctly. Um, that sounded pretty good. That was good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take it. Um, and then, yeah, so be sure to rate review and subscribe uh, to the podcast here and uh, with that we'll ask you how was it that was amazing thanks so much for joining us this has been the post sunday blues a preaching post-mortem production of liberty collingswood go ahead rate review and subscribe and you can find all things liberty collingswood at libertycollingswood.org no more post sunday blues here comes some pre-sunday happy well,